if you're not getting caviar wholesale, you're wasting money. Hello and welcome to episode number 81 of Unrelenting, and it's on the 18th, so there's a lot of ones and eights going on today. The eighth month, it's the 18th day, it's the 81st Uh, show. Wow, holy cow, that is quite the uh, repetitive kind of phenomenon. It's numerology, catch it. Mm -hmm. And uh, spoilers up front, we do have a show donation, and it's not from Dale Down Under, so it's an interesting Mm. day. Wow. Digiguru says, listen to our show. I guess. Digiguru says, uh, Sir Jean's on the big mic. Are you referring to the former first lady? No, Jean's oh. on, he's on a different big mic. Uh huh. Different big mic. <laughs> former first ladies. So, former first lady first slash gentleman. gentleman, right? Wouldn't it be the former first gentleman then if you uh, believe that one? Yeah. People believe yeah. weird conspiracy theories. Hey, man. Uh, women have have penises too, apparently. Well, in this uh, brand new world order, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why I like the guy, and I forget his name, but the NBA player that spoke out too much about stuff, and he doesn't have a job right now. He's like, should oh. I put on a wig and go play in the WNBA? Probably should. Yeah, you'd make some money, man. You'd dominate. Hey, don't even need a wig. That's true. You don't you even need to, to shave. Yeah. Don't even need to shave. You just have to say you identify. That's the whole new world orders. If you yeah. say you identify as it, people have to believe you. And and to really sell it, you, you should probably put a dress on. Would that be better for the WNBA? Should they actually yeah. play in yeah, dresses? Yeah, I think so. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but um, there, there are probably more transsexuals wearing dresses than women. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Because that's the alleged symbol of the, of well, the feminine dress. So what, what would it mean for a dude to, you know, tell people that he's a lady uh, if he doesn't look it? Well, this right. Dude looks like a lady that the dress is oh, what sells. Nice. It. You caught that, did you? Yeah. Dude looks like a lady, man. Uh huh. I mean, the older Steven play Tyler it, gets play, play the bootleg. Uh-huh. The older Steven Tyler gets, though, he does look like a lady. So it's a little Steven weird. Tyler's always looked like a lady, uh-huh. except, even when he was young, except not a cute lady, but like a lady. Oh, and he screamed like one, too. Yeah, he got the lungs. Yeah, but he had a decent looking kid. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen her recently. She, she looks old. She, she was, looks like she's our age. Well, she probably is our age. Well, she's not well, quite a little, little bit younger than us. You know, we're pushing over 120, but she's not quite there. But she doesn't look like the way that she did in the uh, uh, the, the Hobbit movie. Oh, yeah. And she like was one of those that was going to be the next big thing was around mm. for it seems like four or five years and then disappeared. Yeah. Or days. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. And there's a pretty, reason. Pretty, pretty, pretty much. That's because it's a very superficial society back then where it mattered what you mm-hmm. looked like. Now, yeah. no, we're above yeah. that, right? Now it matters who you support. Uh-huh. Although the OnlyFans, I bet you, 
the women that make the most money on OnlyFans, and I'm sure there are guys that don't mm-hmm. yell people, but mostly women. I'm sure it's because well, of who it's, they it's support. It's women that are attractive and guys that look like women. <laughs> there you go. I mean, in the end, we all know who's funding OnlyFans, and it ain't the women. This is true. Guys are the ones that are like, okay. I mean, hence strip clubs. If you go back and look at that. That's all it is. It is a virtual strip club. It's a strip club where you don't even have to leave your house. Which is way safer. Uh, I mean, not for your cholesterol and (laughs) risk of heart attack, probably. I don't know. You'd be eating wings or something (laughs) if you were out. Or you never know what you're eating wings right now. You're never going to consume what you're going to get in the champagne room. No, should I be eating wings while I'm doing the show in the morning? That wouldn't be well, a no, bad not idea. this show. But when you're on OnlyFans, you probably should be. Yeah, really? That's like, oh, mm. yeah, baby. Can you eat that hot pocket just a little bit slower for me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was considering this in the a what, not, on OnlyFans. Yeah, you and should. eating hot pockets very slowly. Oh, yeah. And you know, what would be hilarious is if if while you're doing that, you said that bears that bears. And then had a heart attack. <laughs> See, now that would be great theater once. <laughs> They're like, wait, wait, that's not a bit. It's are, only theater if it happens more than once. Right. Is that the, is that, wait, are those really uh, EMTs we're seeing coming into the room? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, I miss the good old days. You mean when comedy was comedy? Heart, heart attacks. Yeah. Uh-huh. When that was uh-huh. funny. It was funny. Damn it. Well, tell people, tell the folks what we're referring to. When you can poke fun at yourself. And that was an SNL bit, right? That was, mm-hmm. it wasn't SCTV yep. or anything. It was SNL. SNL. Yep. When it would be the Chicago fans back in the Ditka John days. Candy. Mm-hmm. Back in the day. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, John Goodman did that as well. I think he was on some of the, I mean, there were a few characters that came and went through that little group of guys with the big mustache on. Yeah. Just sitting around eating the most unhealthy food in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, drinking beer and eating like copious uh, amounts of beer. Yeah. Yeah. And going dump bears. And like eating uh, sausages with cheese on top. Right. Right. Because, you know, if you're going to get a big Polish sausage, you, uh, you got to put the cheese whiz on top. Yeah. There, you right? got to cover it with cheese whiz and whatever unhealthy stuff you can mm-hmm. throw on top of it. And yeah. then you go dump bears. Yeah, Saturday Night Live had a, a, quite a few funny fat dudes that have died. Well, and there's not, there's not a question that there's a reason, you know, yeah, those things are connected. Reason, we all know the reason. It's cocaine. It, well, yeah, cocaine and overweight does not mix. No, it really, this, I stay away from that shit, man. You know, you could just lose the weight. I stay away from the coke these days. No, no. But I was thinking about the it'll it'll get you to lose the weight. All right. It'll start with your heart and work its way down. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's about what? 12 pounds. What's a heart weigh? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, I've got a big heart. You know, I, I love everybody. Hey, how you doing? Oh, uh-huh. but this whole concept of the AI with the image creation where you can create people out of nowhere and the yeah. fact that we're getting now to the point where it's not just photo generation Mm -hmm. the video generation which i have not played around with any of these but i've read a few articles that the technology is zooming forward at a pace which tells me it will be here in Mm -hmm. uh, in a pretty good way within the next year or two Mm -hmm. and i'm thinking there does anybody not 
care about the porn stars because they're going to be the first ones to lose their jobs. Because yeah. yeah. Why do you want to watch ugly people fucking? Yeah. When you can create your own, it's going to be, although it's going to be like a, a category well, for people that like to watch ugly people fucking as well. Well, you can still create that. And that's going to be the whole thing. It'll be mm-hmm. like, you're going to log on and it'll be like, describe who you want to see fucking. Yeah, I mean, we let's put it this way. There's already way too much tentacle porn out there. See, I'm not even familiar with what that is, so I'm glad. That's a Japanese, particularly niche kind of thing. Japanese are sickos. They're well, them and the Germans, you know, they have peculiar tastes in certain things like starting wars. Oh, I see. Incidentally, somebody pointed this out to me the other day, which is I thought, hmm. Is you realize that we are now the Axis powers. The being the United States with who, though? Uh, well, the Axis being Germany and Japan, well, who are was, currently right. who are currently fighting Russia. Ah, yes. And the United States seems to be on that side. I have that old board game, Axis and Allies. It was great mm-hmm. if you didn't mind mm-hmm. the 14 hours of setup. <laughs> it was oh one God. of those it was like it was a great concept because everybody if and I, you're in the age range that i'm guessing at some point in your childhood you played the game risk sure well you can't, i didn't play risk i won the game oh, Risk. you probably still do <laughs> and yeah well there's a lot of people that played risk that were like oh this is just way too basic this isn't i want like tanks and i want to be able to mm-hmm, air and mm-hmm. then i want to be able to do all this and that's what access and allies was and the minute you mm-hmm. start to play you're like wow this is way too complicated okay so got it so it was a dice game yes yeah it was a dice game but it was one of these where you could buy you were depending on what which of the territories you had and everything else you had a certain budget whether you would put that into you know, mm-hmm. aircraft or tanks or butter. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you had to figure out how you were going to take over the world. Yeah. Now you just have to send a lot of money to Ukraine. What's well, funny last. Yeah, exactly. Last time I played the game very similar to that was about a week ago. Which game was that a new one or a uh, classic? Let me pull it up. It's I mean, it's recent. It's not brand new. Uh, it was called. Um, uh, Knights of Honor 2 sovereign i have not heard of this but i'm guessing this is a computer game if you're pulling yeah it up. yeah yeah exactly it's a computer game um but in a very high level it's it's a similar concept to what you just described now there's also stellaris which i'm sure some people have heard of which has been around for many years and stellaris is a space version of that it's essentially a board game esque type game on the computer but instead of being set in like medieval europe it's set in outer space and you're expanding into other uh solar systems but it's all the same intrigue and you know out outsmarting your opponents right. through creative uh like bribing them on the one hand and then stealing their secrets like on the other hand and then you know pretending like you're neutral on the third hand and it's basically a game of china except in space that sounds interesting. But in the beauty of the games, if they're very complicated, those mm-hmm. dice games with all of the charts, computers make those so much more fun because you just get the oh. result. Dude, 
Eve Online, which is a game I've played many years ago, uh, like uh, over a decade ago. In fact, I stopped playing it over a decade ago. I used to play it in the the 2000s. And I recently rejoined because it's still running and all my shit is still there. It's amazing. That's wild. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to play because it's a big time suck. But their big announcement while I had rejoined in the last couple of months was that they had finally partnered with Microsoft and Excel to be able to feed in the game data directly into Excel. So they're finally like, we're finally out of beta. Well, everybody always jokingly referred to that game as the game of spreadsheets. Yeah. Because there's an awful lot of uh, calculations that are helpful to do if you actually do them. And of course, most people are using either Google spreadsheets or Excel. And they literally just have a direct connection to Excel now. So Microsoft at a Microsoft event was showing off the connectivity to that is Eve. It's crazy, man. It's like it's it you're using business tools to play a game. See Brooklyn uh, sums up this show in one word nerds. Yeah, that's probably pretty accurate. At a time. Uh, well that's that's who owns the world at this point. So yeah. yeah. I was always amazed. Yeah, me and Elon. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nerds. You and Elon hang I mean, you both live in the same general we, area. We actually live right next to each other, technically. Do you jump over the fence and see what's going on over there? He's never home, dude. <laughs> well, and the restraining order. I check every day. You're like, <laughs> Elon, home. What, what up? You just where's my truck, Elon? Where's my goddamn truck that I paid for like four and a half years ago? Gene bought a uh, trampoline just so he could jump over the 18 foot fence and be like, Elon, <laughs> Elon, <laughs> you home? Uh huh. I can uh-huh. see that. You accidentally get his food delivery. He accidentally gets yours. Hilarity ensues. It's a whole thing. Yeah. You become best friends. That's right. You're like, can you hook me up with some uh, gear? Yeah. Some free samples. But I was always oh. intrigued how they did with those dice games, with the simulations, especially with there were a bunch of them that were baseball simulations. And it started from the most simplistic. I vaguely recall those. Yeah. Which had a spinning wheel on it that you just, you know, flick the thing and wherever it landed, you know, it was a number Mm -hmm. from one to 10. And then they went to the cards with the dice, which, as you know, with the whatever you can get up to, you know, 20 sided dice, you can do some crazy things. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of fun, but it took forever. Now they're all online. So you could just go in and and replay those games and the computer just figures out rather than like oh i rolled a 157 that means this oh no that means funny play go grab this chart oh no throw throw two dice okay here's what happened <laughs> i mean at the time i mean when you're you know before high school that was kind of fun now you're just like Let, let's just play the game come on mm-hmm. i want to get to the good stuff no foreplay well you know there are still it's actually, I think the, the board games made a comeback because a lot of the, the late millennials and the early zoomers do game night, like on board games, right. which is bizarre to me because it's so much more convenient to do it on the computer. You're like, yeah, let somebody else. And I have to, I have to go to your house and then you're going to eat my chips if you come That's, here. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, if you're going to be playing a video game, 
um sorry i keep saying video game because the word game doesn't seem to exist in my world without the word video in front of it but if you're playing a game like monopoly you can play online even you know all the classic board games have been transitioned uh, by their copyright holders to online right well i remember it was a big thing when monopoly first came with electronic dice oh, i never saw that yeah, and it, do that you, well it was just like a button you pressed and it gave you a number uh, between two and 12 which was like oh my gosh like how fucking lazy do you have to be if you can't even roll the dice although to be fair 90 percent of the people you play monopoly with when they roll the dice they knock every piece off the board with I every know. roll what is up with that i don't yeah. know how many times have you been like damn close to winning and somebody <laughs> accidentally knocks the whole damn board over and you're like well okay i guess we're done i guess the game's over yeah, uh-huh. I remember a kid doing that in a um, maybe it was a, it was either a checkers or a chess tournament back in like grade school. Mm. It's amazing when you know you're going to lose chess tournament. Yeah. You play chess. Used to. I haven't played in a long time, but it was always a lot of fun. Yeah. A game yeah. of skill. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, it wasn't fun as a kid, but it was fun like. In college, it was definitely fun. You can drink and play chess at the same time. Yeah. I played a lot of chess in college instead of going to classes. Really? That was what you were doing while, know, right? while skipping class was playing uh-huh. chess? Uh-huh. We had different experiences. I skipped a lot of class, but never to play chess. Yeah. Well, see, who's the bigger nerd? God damn it. You. No doubt. Uh-huh. Because exactly. I was either going down to a tower records to look for music. Well, that's a shocker. I know. Or I it's was like, going, man, I can't. Here's, here's Darren at tower records in 1989, man. I can't wait till Taylor Swift gets born. <laughs> well, right. That year. Exactly. <laughs> 1989. I was in college. Well, why do you think I said that? Come on. I mean, you're right on. I'm, I'm like magic. There were a bunch of other little record stores in the Lincoln park area where mm-hmm. DePaul university was Rose records downtown. Oh, that place was a Mecca, mm-hmm. but we would, uh, you know, a couple buddies in class, we would usually wind up uh, going downtown to Hooters, which was relatively <laughs> new back then in the, you know, late eighties. Uh-huh. Or we would just grab a basketball wasn't that new back then. I didn't think. In Chicago, I think it was. Really? Yeah. They had a, they put a Hooters in the Mall of America in 1988, 87 or 88. Somewhere around there. And the Mall of America is kind of like a family establishment, you know, but they had Hooters. Yeah, because Hooters is a family restaurant. Well, it kind of is. But back when you were a teenager, it seemed kind of risque. You like girls in shorts. I like this. Yeah. I could eat here all the time. (sighs) <sighs> horrible food uh, well yeah there was to be fair i believe there was a time the food was decent really and it, it kind of went downhill maybe again within the first few years of when they were open and the, the wings were at least decent and i remember you know get them getting a decent ham and cheese because there was a hooters ham like cheese about five minutes away from the circuit mm. shitty that i worked at also in college there's a when i moved Texas, I discovered that Texas has a bunch of restaurants and they're all way better than Hooters. Well, there've been a lot and they don't have a lot of them here. There was a Twin Peaks, never went to it. It closed. There was a Tilted yeah. Kilt. I think that closed. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people went, huh? Boobs and food. We could do that. Yeah, we could totally pull that off. And then they didn't. 
Yeah, the Tilted Kilt. Uh, we don't have those here, I don't think. I've been to one of those in Arizona. The, um, in fact, I had an employee take me out to one of those. And I was kind of like, this, really? This is where we're, <laughs> you're picking for us to go? You're like, you're fired. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> I did fire him eventually. <laughs> but um, All right, he was probably a bad tipper. <laughs> uh no he's a nice guy he just didn't really you know he he talked to talk but um uh yeah here that we there was third base there was a there's a really good barbecue place i'm trying to remember what the hell it was um we don't have that in austin austin i think i've talked about this has an anti-chain policy where they don't grant food permits to a lot of chains. And that's kind of good. All kinds of rules. Well, it used to be back when they were the keep Austin weird crowd. Um, now I think that what they're mostly doing is giving, giving, uh, the wives of tech company executives a chance to, run an expensive overpriced not particularly tasty restaurants oh, right you don't want competition i have an opinion on this but um yeah the chains are very few and far apart here even starbucks aren't that close there you might be like five miles apart for starbucks um whereas when i was living in dallas it was like chain city it was it was the prototypical starbucks on two different corners of the same intersection well, when people travel, a lot of them are just too afraid to go into something that they don't know. You want to just be like, oh, mm-hmm. well, I know what Applebee's is, so I'll go in there. Right. Right. So I get the concept behind it. Mm-hmm. But we have the Internet now. So do a little research and find the the good places. I found you'll be excited about this. Ooh. I found the my current favorite taqueria recently. Ooh. And you know, I don't eat Mexican food. Well, I thought you liked Tex-Mex, just not Mexican straight out. Is I that- do like Tex-Mex. I just don't like Mexican. But this is a genuine Mexican place. And all they make is tacos. And uh, I thought, you know, what the hell? I'll, I'll give it a shot here. And I was really pleasantly surprised. And it's freaking cheap. I mean, it's probably like, what did I pay? Like uh, maybe three bucks a taco. Not bad. What I mean, you can get some very elevated tacos. I mean, you, it's hard mm-hmm. to screw up a basic steak. It's not elevated, but it's in use, interesting and unusual flavors. Like I had uh, one of the tacos I had was sort of a chicken cilantro with pineapple thing. Nice. I'm told it's traditional Mexican. And then uh, the other one was some kind of like buffalo chicken looking chicken that tasted nothing like buffalo chicken and these tacos were probably 65 percent meat and 35 percent or i guess 45 percent like veggies which normally if you go to a taco place it's like 80 percent veggies and 20 percent meat yeah where's the beef yeah so they're very generous with that uh with the proteins because that's my you know i'm trying to eat a lot more protein less uh carbs these days well who am i kidding always my whole life Uh and uh uh this place was actually quite tasty enough that i even even like 
I had a couple of tacos left over uh, in the fridge the next day. And I, for, as soon as I got up, I'm like, where are those tacos? Give me them tacos. Breakfast tacos. You know breakfast what's a good taco tacos. then? Yeah. Which there are a lot of breakfast taco specific places here that do like, you know, bacon and egg tacos and stuff. Yeah. Everybody wants to do like the breakfast quesadillas and that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. But no, I was, I'm like, yeah, I'll have to hang on to that one. Maybe it's certainly not every week, but uh, if I need tacos, that's where I'm getting them. Cause it ain't one of those chain damn restaurants. This is clearly a food truck thing I'm describing. It's not an actual sit down place. So you have to chase it. You get you're actually much healthier because you have to chase the truck down the street. Well, no, I pay an Uber guy to do that. <laughs> you always have to have a guy. I'm well, like, you, I don't you know. Gotta have a guy. Wait, how you not have a guy? I mean, uh, the on Wednesday, I heard from the fabulous Ryan Bemrose that he was out of coffee because his coffee girl only roasts twice a month. Mm. So I'm like, wait, you've got a coffee girl. Gene's got a sushi guy. I'm like, I need more guys and girls. I don't know. I just go to the fucking grocery store and get what I need. I mean, not me personally. I said my wife. Let's be fair about it. Exactly. I click a few buttons on the Internet and then the shit's there for her to pick up. Uh huh. Uh huh. Exactly. I mean, I am basically a hermit. I don't like to leave the house. Yeah. I mean, I think COVID created a lot of people that didn't realize that they were hermits until they tried it and liked it. I was like that way before COVID, though. So there's that. Mm. I was a trendsetter. I definitely was a lot more apt to be doing outdoorsy shit before COVID. Um, shit, dude. I, I probably... Let's say in 2017, 18, thereabouts, uh, I was either on my boat or jet ski or, you know, doing something water related or going fishing down in the Gulf. Well, now I understand why you're poor. You had boats and jet skis. I am poor. Because you've had boats and jet skis. Those I have. I I had to sell all this crap during (laughs) COVID because I wasn't making any money. Sucks. Now go buy a new boat. Uh, it's a pain in the ass to have a boat. I mean, I know that it was, uh, it was, what's his name from uh, Amazon that bought your old one, Bezos, but he, he said it yes. was just a little too big for him. Yeah, he totally reworked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't like that guy. No. Wait, you don't like bald people? I don't care if they're bald. Mm. I mean, I'm going like in that direction. One weird size eyeball? <laughs> yeah, well, I've got that now. <laughs> I didn't until more recent in life, but now I do. So I understand. Oh, really? Yeah. The, uh, well, I mean, once you have somebody like stick equipment in your eye five times, then uh, there are, there are slight issues. Mm-hmm. So I can't blame Bezos for the weird eye thing. There's, um, I mean, it's a look, you know, it's a particular kind of look thing. The Reverend Dr. Pfeiffer says the two best days in a man's life are the day he buys a boat. Yes. And the yes. day he sells a boat. That's very correct. <laughs> I will attest to that. I was so damn happy getting that boat and I was so damn happy selling that boat. Um, Why are you sending me artistic renderings of yourself? Look at the eyes. Now oh, it's the Bezos eye. I get it now. <laughs> it was behind the microphone because I've got the big yes. RE20 in ah, this. Yeah. I'm yes. like the, so you're on that screen behind the mic. I'm like, oh, but that's some nice color there. I mean, the beard yeah. only partially being gray is nice. I and mean, we need to update mm-hmm. that to fully being gray now. That's true. That That is a photo back from seven years ago. Ah, time flies. 
Mm. Yes. My head is no longer quite as blue. It wasn't actually that blue then. I thought that was maybe an effect that was put on. Well, it may have been. I can't remember anymore. But that is where the uh, AI stuff, it is the porn industry. If we can go back to that for a minute, it's that is Mm -hmm. where, because they're still going to, for a while, we're going to still want real, put that in air quotes, actors and actresses in, you know, serious again, put that in air quotes. Yeah, nobody wants that. We just want, we just want stuff that looks good. And I can guarantee you the directors want somebody that listens to them. And the producers want somebody that doesn't cost a million dollars. Yeah, but all the directors are going to be fired, too, because soon it's just going to be somebody that knows how to use the computer. Somebody trained on the AI. Yes, but much like the current AI, you have to be versed in the correct vocabulary to create pretty things. This is anybody can create art with AI, but only people that have the right vocabulary can create beautiful art. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun playing with that and figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And I've run across a couple of sites because I have not tried my uh, my foray into mid journey yet. So I'm still just playing with mm-hmm. stable diffusion and other things like that, which you can well, still get dude, really good results old, on old news shit. I know, but there are different models. There's now the one point, you know, the latest model of stable diffusion, definitely a little better. And there's a site I've been using tensor dot art. Mm-hmm. Which, if anybody wants, you know, an invite thing, you can get those. Although I don't think you really need one. That you can play with all sorts of different models. It's a community where they allow people to upload their models, so everybody that's working on their own little weird thing can upload it, and it's there for you to play around with. Mm-hmm. But that is where being able to just go in and describe what you want. You're right. I think this is eventually going to show up in regular no, it, television and movies. Yeah, I think it it totally will. Um, you want the uh, the new SDXL stable diffusion, which you can install at home. Yeah, that's what and, I've been using on this site. Oh, you have? You've been using the uh, the XL one? Yes. Okay. That is on well, Tensor.art, which, again, the realism of what this stuff pops out is wild. Yeah, it is. It is really good. Um, and, and I need to buy a new video card, unfortunately, though. Right. Well, so this is um, why you have to send me your old one, because I need a better one. Yeah, whatever. I'm going to be multiplexing. <laughs> oh, come on. Get your own damn card. Send me some big video cards, Gene. Uh-huh. Come on, man. Uh-huh. Come on, Uncle uh-huh. Gene. Send me some video cards. Mm. I like people on when it's like one. I guess they didn't hear the last episode where you said you got your payment from this show from me. I did. Yes. Because they're like, oh, it's elder abuse. I'm like, how old do they think Gene is? Yeah. Yeah. Darren's <laughs> like older than me. So I don't know what y'all are talking about. Yeah. I'm like 70 now. Yeah. And I'm just 112. Uh-huh. I think it's elder abuse. It's, it's a, uh, yeah. Elder abuse. Uh, the only thing is it's still not quite easy enough to install for the average person. Like. The script was broken when I tried to install it and I had to deconstruct it and then do it manually. And, but you know, I think within a year, it'll literally be an app, an app that you get and you run and it just works. They're getting closer to that because people right are now, already putting there's scripts too many together. scripts and Python stuff. And, uh, but there know, are people that are putting it's together. Still janky. 
the script that does everything automatically. But yes, there are still multiple points where it could possibly yeah. fail. And and you got to run the refiner, and it's it's just there's too many com- like command line shit things to do right now. Well, that's why when you're at the forefront, it takes the people that understand that, which is why I understand why the directors might be like, oh, this is yeah, this the is directors bad. ain't going to do this shit. But it's hilarious that the writers are going to be replaced by AI. The actors oh, they already have. That, re- that's it. The writers are not going off the strike because they're unnecessary. Yeah, the AI is like, we could do this. No problem. AI writes better scripts than most of our writers in Hollywood. Well, and let's be honest, if we still have the actors and actresses involved, which I think we are for a while, good actors and actresses elevate their parts by bringing ad-libbing, doing things that wasn't exactly in the script. Yeah, and AI can do that 10 times better. Well, an AI can do it. You can create 10 versions at the same time and pick the one that you like the most. Well, yeah, but AI can give mm-hmm. you a basic script and then the actors and actresses can refine it with their performance. So, I mean, it's yeah. not like it's got to be everything perfect. You look at what constitutes entertainment today and it's like, I, I think, honestly, the better, the sooner the better for this stuff, because <clears throat> for whatever stupid reason, people have built up. People in the entertainment world, and this includes actors, actresses, singers, songwriters, we're below that, and (laughs) and all professional sports people. These are all entertainers. They are completely unnecessary for society other than to provide enjoyment. And they are way, 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 way all overpaid for what their contribution to society is. And so the sooner we get rid of all of them, the the better we're going to be because then we can focus on important things like computer and science and uh, developing new tools and the nerds will rule the world listen to the science hey that's right did you see the behind the scenes for the movie war games it popped up on my youtube so i'm assuming maybe it popped up on yours <laughs> it had not no 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 the behind the scenes of the original movie from what is it 82 Yes. From right, yeah, I think it was 82, 82, 83, right around there. Mm-hmm. And I believe this might have just been the extras on one of the DVD releases. Mm-hmm. But I had my mind completely blown. I mean, I guess there was some turmoil that the guys that wrote it, the original, there was an original director that started filming for like a week or so. And really, uh huh that fired the writers didn't want they were too hard to work with and then the uh the studio which i guess was very rare at the time was like yeah we're gonna have to fire the director uber troll says 83 and okay well that's what i said too the most interesting thing for me was this was not originally conceived as a movie about nuclear war it wasn't conceived about a movie that had anything to do with computers their original starting point was oh stephen hawking they were intrigued by stephen hawking Uh and they decided they wanted to write a movie about a young genius finding his way interacting with an old genius that was the whole Mm. concept and they're like well how how could this maybe come about not the movie that was made i know I mean, you do get the Professor Falcon, but it's a little bit, I think, later in the uh, 
in the movie. Mm-hmm. But what really blew my mind was the original thought when David Lightman, played by Matthew Broderick, yeah, gets to the island to find Professor Falcon. The original idea was for him to see one of those like high fangled at the time wheelchairs out at the end mm-hmm. of a pier with a guy fishing and he walks mm-hmm. up to the wheelchair and then you get the reveal of who Professor Falcon is. John Lennon was mm-hmm. who they wanted to play that really? role. Yeah. Jesus Christ. These writers really were smoking a lot of weed, weren't they? I know. I'm like, but can you imagine how much that would have changed that movie? I can't even imagine. I mean, mm. and then, no, no pun intended with imagine. <laughs> But I can't even like I picture. See you want there. Yeah. Well, yeah. there was a movie that was more of that script, which I thought was a wonderful movie, yeah, which was real genius. Um, oh, right. Right. Val Kilmer. I think 85. Yeah. Mid 80s. And that movie, I think in a lot of ways, like made it not just okay, but like a cool thing to be a nerd. Right. Because the nerds were winning. Well, and this was so new, you don't think about it watching it now. And yeah, Val Kilmer was really good in that. But even going but, back to war games, people did not, as a rule, have personal computers. Matthew, Matthew Broderick, Ali Sheedy, who were both in the yeah. uh, this behind the scenes, were like, well, Ali we've never seen a personal Sheedy. computer before. Yeah, yeah. Ali Sheedy. Yeah. Ooh. And she really still didn't look bad. You know, I don't know how long ago this was filmed, but even older, she yeah. didn't look bad. The last movie I saw with her or like recent thing was probably a decade ago. And she obviously looks a lot older, but she doesn't look bad. Some age better than others. Yeah. So now from what I've heard on the old uh, net there, she's batshit crazy. Well, I mean, (laughs) is, you know, you got Britney Spears, you got, Uh uh, there's a lot of women that are are batshit crazy. I like Britney. There's a lot of guys that are batshit yeah. crazy too, to be fair. Um, mm, different league. <laughs> it goes to the Barney Stinson, uh, you know, hot and crazy scale. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, Barney wasn't the guy invented, but yes, of course not. Um, but yeah, there's, <laughs> then you got your unicorns. Yes. The hotter uh, you are, the crazier you can be. It's, um, yeah, it was, a. Uh, it was a thing. Her and then who's the other chick that's crazy um, by reputation is um, uh, the Blade Runner chick. Uh, b- b- uh, uh, something young. Sean Young. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. that is. Yeah, I've never heard she was yeah. crazy, but I mean, I'm not no, disagreeing. Uh, compl- yeah, she got kicked out of Hollywood for being crazy. Well, that way now there's that's a whole new level of crazy. Yeah, no, she's got a reputation to where effectively yeah she actually lives here in austin uh she's uh is she your other neighbor you got elon on one side she is uh one of my buddies uh friend actually her husband is but um yeah uh her her husband's like a carpenter i think nothing wrong with that people need wood baby no yeah it's uh but that's the thing is ideally actors and other entertainers you know that like you can pay them double triple a average person's salary right you could, they could be making four hundred thousand a year 
but they shouldn't be making 40 million a year. That is insane for something that is literally pretending to be somebody else. Or for having a genetic predisposition to bouncing a ball. Frickin' insane. Well, I understand both sides of this one being Michael Jordan, which is a good, I think, example because genetics. He's made more money than I think God. Uh, yeah. It, and I, I look in, in the, the way that the current system is built, I certainly don't fault people for leveraging their talents and genetics and perseverance. Frankly, you know, it's not like this shit happens in the vacuum. They all train actors, uh, you know, musicians, um, uh, athletes, etc. But yes, they hone their craft. The system should not be like this. The most revered people should not be freaking musicians. That is crazy. You, you want them to be computer programmers? Yes. And the computer programs should be the ones that are entertaining people. We are all in a simulation. Well, so th- think there's about a lot that, of people Gene. that would say my neighbors would say that if we're all living in a uh, simulation, Mm Then the computers created Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yeah. As an experiment. Yeah. See, just what what an experiment is. Yeah. Yeah. I (sighs) Taylor Swift is popular, but objectively speaking, her skill set isn't very high. As a singer, I would agree. Yes. As As a a songwriter, I think she is in the. The top 10% probably of pop songwriters of all okay. time, which means there are literally tens of thousands oh, that yeah. are better than her. Well, there's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to put people above, mm-hmm. you know, the Paul McCartney's of the world. I wouldn't just and, say that about her. I would say that about all these guys, like certainly Britney and, and everybody else that's made millions off of their music. Um, they're not at the pinnacle of their craft. They're at the pinnacle of marketability. Right. And that's the bastardization of all of this stuff. The minimum salary, I believe, in Major League Baseball at this point is closing in on three quarters of a million dollars. I thought they were over. Really? They're still under. I think they are. Okay. But it wasn't that long ago. It was 400 and something thousand. Yeah. So I think it's and how much did Dave moving. Ruth get paid? Almost nothing. I mean, going back, <laughs> you heard those stories from guys. Uh-huh. I mean, I did from guys that played for the White Sox back in the 50s and 60s that they had to have a winter job because the salary wasn't enough. Uh-huh. So this is a more uh, more current thing to make that kind of money. But I don't mind. Yeah. Oh, okay, I just looked it up. He actually was making good money in in nineteen nineteen. Yeah, in nineteen nineteen, he was making twenty thousand a year, which for then was pretty damn good. Uh, yeah, like twenty thousand back then is probably about two million right now. But I don't mind the top players making the money. It is the equity bullshit of the guy. Nobody knows. Nobody ever heard of that plays once a week. Mm-hmm. That's making a million bucks a year because oh, we got no, it's that it. we need equity. It's like, no pay because it is entertainment. So if you're the New York Yankees and you're like, well, without Aaron judge, we sell 30,000 tickets to every game yeah. with Aaron judge. We sell 50,000 tickets to right. every game. 
Yeah, I, I mean, get it. That's the, the entertainment industry is an example of unbridled capitalism. It is literally give fans what they want. Because that's the way that we make more money is by giving them what they want. It is now 720,000 is the league minimum back in mm-hmm. 2003. It was 300,000, mm-hmm. which was still pretty damn good hey, by 1930. So 21 years later, 21 years later, holy shit. Babe Ruth was getting paid $80,000. It's good work if you can get it still. I mean, that's a lot of money back in the day when I think the the average salary for a guy was $50 a week. Yeah. And I'm sure there was side money because, again, you go, you go to the car dealership, you say hi to a few people. You know, you get paid for a lot of stuff. You have your own uh-huh. you know, candy bar. There you go. The Reggie bar, man, back in 77. I bet you, you ate a few Reggie bars, man. They were good. No, I, I, I preferred Charleston chew. Oh, a discerning candy. Uh, It's just physically bigger sized. Oh, okay. Jesus. Like, give me more chocolate. Uh huh. I get it. All right. Let's now I'm curious what the Negro baseball league paid. Probably nowhere near. Well, obviously, but I'm curious how how much it actually was. I'm just glad because uh, that's where Jackie Robinson came out of, of course, and the great Minnie Minoso. Mm-hmm. Now, a uh, hundred dollars a month. You're like, well, that's fine. That's <laughs> well, fine. At the, literally at the same time, at the same time that uh, the Bambino was getting better uh, players. Yeah, twenty twenty thousand a year. These guys were getting a hundred a week. They were a month, be, sorry, yeah. a month, and they were getting the crowd. So you know they were just being taken advantage. Of. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because everybody you ever knew been to the uh, museum. The, uh, I have Kansas, not. I that's one Kansas place City. I would love to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially Kansas, now that they've got the Buck O'Neill statue up, man. Oh, I like do? the O'Neills. Yeah, I know you like the O'Neills. The the uh, Kansas City has some really cool sort of. Um, uh how do we phrase it uh some african american related stuff so they've got the negro baseball league hall of fame they've got um some really great old jazz places that literally have been around for 100 years and uh, have a just a tremendous amount of history there uh they actually have uh at least i don't know if they still do back I remember going uh, maybe 15, 20 years ago, there was a um, several really cool soul food restaurants out there that essentially, you know, still make stuff the old fashioned way with a lot of uh, lard. lard. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. The magic ingredient Uh is always lard. lard. Uh huh. Exactly. So it it is a. it's a neat city. I always like Kansas City. It's I think it's one of the more underrated cities in the U.S. Well, here they have good barbecue, so that's good. My favorite. I, I'm not. I'm not even saying the best anymore because people instantly start arguing. But I will right. say it is my favorite of all the barbecue styles. How dare you pick them? Yeah, don't you know in Texas? Don't you know in Tennessee? I know, I know, don't dude. you know? And it's it's like. You can find good barbecue in Texas, but but Texas really specializes in brisket. 
Mm. And and I like the ribs from um from Kansas City. Well, you can find some good ribs here in Chicago. You can find good ribs in most places, but when you go to Kansas City, there's a bunch of places with really exceptional ribs. Now, the main difference is probably in Kansas City doesn't have the same collateral problem that we have in Chicago, which is to get Guns? the better ribs. Oh. Right. You have you have to go into an area yeah. where you're much more likely to get shot. Actually, you do. Same, thing? Has okay. the same issue. Same issue. It's like the best you're looking ribs for that little shack where you see the smoke coming out uh-huh. and, and you smell it way before you see the building and the parking lot has four spaces. And you're like, this is what I want. This is the good this stuff. Is the place. Yeah, this is definitely the good. Thing. Yeah, dude. And then after you get out of there, you go into the barbershop where you're the only white dude. And they're like, what the hell happened to your beard? And then and they're like, wow, that's an amazing beard. Can I touch it? <laughs> I think I've told this before, too. Um, black women in particular really consistently like touching my beard. That's weird. It's a thing. I, I first I was like, oh, that's weird. But then I realized, no, no, this is like a cultural thing or something, because most black guys don't have beards. But the ones that do have beards are like 100 years old, like me. And so I think I, I have that kind of, you know, old Uncle Remus style kind of vibe going. And I've had black women from college age to my age say, that is a really pretty beard. Can I touch it? <laughs> like, is it real? It's, it's a magic beard. You see, they want to touch the magic beard. You want to pull on the beard? Mm-hmm. See if it's really attached. Yeah. And Just I'm think like, about how much barbecue sauce will get tits. into that Can beard. I touch those? <laughs> that does not work as well for some reason. Uh, I don't know. They usually say yes. They're like, okay, if it's only fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's totally fair. You know, I'm all about equity. I mean, that would have to be and, the answer. If, yeah, a, if a woman comes up to you and says, hey, can I touch your beard? You're just like, can I touch your tits? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because then it's like if she says no, it's like, well, you were just asking for something very personal. Why? Yeah. Why not? I totally don't care if they touch my beard, though. That's or the your thing. Tits. It's like I wouldn't be. Well, no, I care more about that. But uh, <laughs> they're like, what are these? A full C now? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Cut down on the ice cream, Gene. Oh man, I I do not eat ice cream these days. That's a, that is on the list of foods I am don't have a whole lot of protein. Oh, no more coffee ice cream. No, I tried to order uh-huh. again because that's how I do my shopping is uh-huh. on the internet by pressing a few buttons. I'm gonna do that in about ten minutes. I think the uh, the Meyer here was once again doing their seven for seven, and the little Hagen Dazs were on that. Oh, those are great. So I tried to order seven of the coffee and they didn't have it. So I got the caramel oh. one instead. They had no coffee at all. No, I was like, fuck. Cause the last That's time weird. I had gotten the That's coffee, a very ones. popular flavor for them. They probably sell out because I mean, I don't know the word still. And I, know I think it, I've, I first discovered, sorry to interrupt you there. I think I first discovered coffee Hagen in like 1979. And how many have you eaten since <laughs> I would, well, let's see. How much do I weigh now? <laughs> yeah, we divide by. Uh-huh. Uh, so we got a remainder here. You carry that a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, but I've uh, noticed you, again, you know, they're back to the a lot of stuff is not mm-hmm. fully in stock at the grocery store, which is still mm-hmm. weird to me. 
nobody's really explaining this. I'm not seeing any articles. Yeah. Nobody's like, well, here's why you can't get your Haagen-Dazs coffee ice cream. I know first world problems, but it's weird. It's like, well, why isn't there enough supply? Yeah. What's up with that? Where's all the coffee ice cream? And it's, it's only got five ingredients. That, that is one thing I've always liked about that ice cream, even though there's plenty of sugar in it, but is it literally is the most, I don't want to say healthy, but it's the most natural of ice creams. It doesn't have any filler. It doesn't have any artificial crap. It doesn't have warm gum in it. It doesn't have anything that every other ice cream has. It is literally five ingredients. And that is milk, eggs, cream, sugar, and coffee. That's it. That's the entirety of its ingredient list. The less ingredients, the better. Yeah, absolutely. That's true of most things. Well, yeah, because otherwise the chemicals, when you start having things in the packaging uh, in the creation of whatever you're eating mm-hmm. that you can't describe or understand what it is or spell, you know, it's like, uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of chemicals that go into this stuff. And I, I don't think that's a coincidence in why people have gotten way fatter than they were when we were kids. Cause well, again, we've yeah. talked about this. We had McDonald's and KFC back then. Oh yeah, totally. So the junk food stuff was real, but we also didn't eat there every day except well, for that short true. period of time when I worked in McDonald's. But <laughs> other than that, you didn't eat there every day. They pay me in food. They kind of did because, you know, when you're closing the restaurant, you either throw the, the leftovers that nobody bought away or you take them home and stick them in your fridge. Gene's like, oh, no, I made five extra McRibs. That's and you're kidding, but that is literally what people did because, you know, most of back then, most of the workers in McDonald's were under 18 and the manager was probably like 24. (laughs) You know, it was very young operated crowd right now. If I go to McDonald's, the average age is probably 40 and most of them are speaking Spanish. You, you know, you're right about that. That's a weird also. Uh, That's because it became a job. It used to be kind of like a where kids learn about what it means. And it should to be. work. We should have jobs like that. But raising the minimum wage constantly yeah. mm-hmm. made it so. No, we'll just. We'll, I don't can't. remember exactly, but I do remember that when I worked there, I think I was getting paid like three fifteen an hour. Damn. Yeah. So about what? Eighty six somewhere in there. Mm. 84 um it was in the 80s for sure i did like uh, what year would have been it would have been yeah probably like 83 84 ish now you people want 15 20 bucks an hour minimum no they want more than that they want over 20 an hour really that's the wow okay people consider 20 an hour to be minimum wage these days because it is in a lot of states i mean like i remember in Washington state a couple of years ago. And so not even recently, but like during COVID in Washington state, there were, there were hiring signs in McDonald's for $18 an hour and they were low staffed. And I know, cause I, I went in there to buy some food and, and asked them about it. And they said, yeah, we can't, we can't get people, you know, they, everybody wants more money. They're like, you want a job? Yeah, right. You're like, no, 
No, I not, not with my beard. No. Well, no. Can you imagine the grease fire? Oh, my God. There's only two times my beard's ever caught on fire. And it's not pleasant. And one of them was when I was lighting a cigar on, on my boat. <laughs> and uh, and all of a sudden, you know, wind. Right. And my beard catches on fire. And my girlfriend's like, oh, shit. What, what do you, you know, she doesn't know what to do. Right. I was going to ask if you were entertaining, but I we're mean literally that. surrounded by water, right? <laughs> I mean, how hard can it be here? <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're standing on a boat and, uh, and you're the, like, I'm on fire. The vision of a, of, and it was a, still a small flame, but a flame climbing up the beard closer to my face that I'm trying to pull away, but you know, pulling away a face that has a beard attached and the beard's on fire is um doesn't really help the face it was in retrospect a very comedic occurrence but in in the experience it was not fun at all uh one bit and um i think i did end up uh like pouring you need, you need a, to trim it no no i think it well she was holding a bottle of champagne so i grabbed that out of her hands and then poured it on the beard and that put out the fire oh you're just lucky she wasn't holding a bottle of 151 i know right exactly <laughs> something that would have burned <laughs> burning better here let me help gene yeah ah! and, then, and then the only other time was when i was cooking and i hadn't put the beard away Wait, and, wait, wait. Uh, what does this mean? Put the beard away when you're cooking. Well, when What's you're the cooking, process? You can't have the beard I, be exposed. That I can understand. I understand hair nets when you're f- in working at McDonald's. You put it over your yeah, hair. I, I have a photo. I've actually posted, I'm pretty sure, that photo to Nogen Social. Um, you look so like a government I'm, agent that's going in to inspect some uh, meat? It, no, I was at home in my kitchen. What do you wear in the how did, what is Where does the beard uh, go? A chef's jacket. They just tuck it in. It tucks in. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the nice thing about having long hair, uh, having long beard is that uh, it doesn't really like you don't need a beard net that isn't going to do jack shit for it um, because the hair is over a foot long. Uh, it's actually capable of being tucked in uh, with nothing, no, nothing loose sticking out. You could tie it in a couple of pigtails, throw it over your shoulders. Uh, I, um, yeah, I don't know about that, but I, I have only gotten it braided once again, because it was a, uh, a black woman that asked you if you could braid your beard. Well, No, lots of black women have asked me that I hadn't trust most of them. And some of them have asked for a lot of money. And I was like, I really that much for braiding my beard really are there professional beard braiders out there, there are yeah there are um but uh where i did get it braided was want to I make was you rastafari gene i was at a renaissance fair uh with a chick and she well, um, it, wait there's no other reason to be at a renaissance fair i know you don't agree with that but that would be no, i like run fairs i know i've always enjoyed them well i guess there is meat there's <laughs> ample turkey legs yes ample amounts of meat and wedges there's a lot of soup there's it's just a merry old time for everyone and then plus i kind of uh i enjoy being referred to as my lord by everybody you know <laughs> no ego there at all no just big enough for one person that's that's all the ego that's necessary uh-huh. 
Don't let it break out uh-huh. through to the other side. And she was like, oh, it'd be so cool if you got your beard braided. I'm like, uh, it's going to take a while. And uh, she's like, all right, well, you can get your beard braided. I'll go shopping. I'm like, okay. So I did end up getting the beard braided, and it was in a, kind of a Viking style. So a very manly braid. Or like a, yeah, Gimli style, I guess. It depends on what <laughs> you're more familiar with. But it was, no, I, I kind of liked it. The thing about it is what you quickly realize is, you know, when you braid hair, because it's, it's going back and forth and back and forth, the length essentially gets cut in half. Yeah, it shortens. Yeah, it shortens a lot. And so all of a sudden, my footlong beard looked not nearly as good. And then it was like, shit, it needs to be twice as long in real life to look braided the way that braided beards look on TV or in movies. So then when people walk by you, were you like shrinkage, shrinkage, <laughs> shrinkage? Yes, yes. I was George Constanza the whole time. Yes, uh, it's really exactly. much longer than this. Yeah, it's, it, it was cold. It was cold out. Yeah, very know. cold shrinkage. Yeah. You're yeah. listening to the Beard Braiding Talk podcast. We're glad you're with us. Yeah. Please send your contributions to unrelenting.show. There we go. Perfect. It's where they should um, go. Yeah. So it was, um, it was, it was worth doing. I, I have a couple of photos, but it's not something that I, it just shows you the fakeness of every time somebody has braided long hair in movies, it's a freaking wig or it's a fake beard because literally to have a foot long braid means you have two feet of hair. Things you learn. Rough numbers. Yeah. White Mike in the troll room says I'm riveted. It's a riveting conversation. I have to say so. This is one of the best shows we've ever done. Every show is the best show. we've ever done. It turns out. Yeah, that is. It keeps, it keeps rotating. Uh huh. The best show Uh here, the best show there. We are a value yeah. for value podcast. Well, like I said, we do have a few people to actually thank for today's show. So I guess before we get Let's too far in and, and, and start uh, running out of time, but the boostograms, of course, are always open. Once again, I think this may put him over the thousand dollar level. Oh, my God. Now we own a steak dinner. Yeah. Dale from down under, but he's got to get from Australia Woo-hoo. to the United yes. States. Dale, we will be cooking and serving your dinner next week. We'll see you here. <laughs> if you could be here, that's great. I saw a guy, there was some uh, travel channel, an Australian guy that's like a mm. uh, fancy traveler or something. And he, oh. went, he did the Qantas 24-hour flight from Australia to London. Oh, yeah. In one of the front, you know, the little first the, class. The private first class cabin with the private shower, yes. Uh-huh. I'm like, damn, that's nice. What's his face did that? Um, my other co-host. Oh, dude named Ben named Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He did a flight from the U.S. to Europe, from Europe to Greece, from Greece to Qatar and from Qatar back to the U.S. So he, he does. He makes his money outside of podcasting because these well, flights were not cheap. You notice we don't collect money for the podcast. Well, because, you know, why would you? Uh huh. I mean, I hear that half the shows that you do collect money, people don't send you the money anyway. That's true. But Dale came in with the 10348 once again. God damn, Dale. He says, I hope all is well and the house is getting sorted. 
Yeah, I talked to the carpet guy the other day. We're still getting a date set, although things are ready now. Everything's ready for the carpet. I would just like to get it in so then we can start. I thought uh, about not putting carpet in, but doing like wood flooring. Well, you don't want to do wood flooring where it floods. Well, fake wood flooring. Yeah, we did. That was I suggested that that was Mm poo-pooed for some reason. The fake wood flooring looks great these days. I mean, it, it is. It looks very realistic. Yes. And luxury vinyl. it's free for 20 years. Yeah. The luxury vinyl is, uh, mm-hmm. it, well, you can look like wood. It can look like well, stone. It's not even vinyl. No, they have better materials. They make it out of, and it's got a ceramic coat on top. So you can't scratch the shit. This is what you got all through the house. No, no. I had that in a, in a house I had in Minnesota. It is in beautiful the, stuff. I, I did that in the kitchen. Well, there's the laminate stuff. There's the, yeah. Uh, I mean, yep. my whole family is in the uh my dad was for years <laughs> the flooring the, industry yeah my brother-in-law that passed away was my wife mm-hmm. worked in the floor covering industry until right. she got the job with the the local and yet she wants carpet uh-huh but i mean the guy that's putting it in i work for that was my last real job was managing his store for a few years mm-hmm. so we're, we're getting a good deal i'm sure nobody's even given a price yeah, of, I'm, you, know, you you are good at getting good deals on things where you pay way less than the average person it's, although it's either going to be a really good deal or a really bad deal it depends nobody's talking well, price yet. A good deal it may be a bad carpet no <laughs> no this deal. is you know and I, it's I, the uh one of the nicer karistan carpets which is the uh which is hoity-toity fancy really nice carpet but uh mm-hmm. again getting a good deal because the mm-hmm. guy that i work for i mean a lot of people don't know with the carpeting if they make one of these really any carpet it doesn't have to be the high end but if they make a roll of carpet mm-hmm. and they look at it and go huh yeah this is like a shade too light or a shade too dark mm-hmm. from what the samples are right we can't sell this as the full price stuff so they sell it for like 10% of the normal cost. Wow. And the dealers just buy it up and they can't, you know, it's just like, Hey, you could sell mm. it once. Cause once that color is gone, it's gone because it was kind of a miss. So you better get some extra. Yeah. You always got to get a little extra just in case you have to. And we had a up. bunch of the, you know, it's funny because getting rid of the old carpet, mm-hmm. there was a couple little rolls stashed in the basement. I'm like, well, we yep. had this shit for like 15 years and nobody ever needed it. Yep. You never mm-hmm. need it if you do you just no, then that, have to get it that that is true i i like that but i do like the deal let's see here now but you can't do carpet down here it's too goddamn hot well yeah i can see you want to have the stone or you want to yeah, have I, got, there's a, I guess it's tile i don't think it's actual stone but it's tile that looks like stone flooring let's see it um, wants me to read this uh, first paragraph in a russian accent and Which probably means you're going to do it in a CSB accent, but go ahead. Isn't that, isn't that Russian? Isn't CSB Russian? No, I know he's different. Even. Oh, CSB. Did you hear that? He just called you Russian. He's like, no, Derek, why you say that? No, I am not Russian. Russian bad. Exactly. I have to, so my, I kind of get my inner Vlad going. It's I, the Russian accent. It really just goes to Boris and Natasha. So it doesn't. Really yeah. That's, come. that's a classic American Russian accent. You'll see the U.S. paid $6 billion to Iran for five prisoners. Iran is supposed to be getting jets and hypersonic missiles from Russia. They Maybe are. a payoff to stay quiet. Mm-hmm. Iran and Turkey have been used to get around sanctions before. Mm-hmm. All very true. 
You know, you could have said that in the CSB voice and it would have made more sense. Would it have? A, I'll, yeah, because he says shit like that. <laughs> well, see, he's right most of the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that how it goes? Okay. Is it, isn't he? I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, when has CSB been wrong? I, I mean, he is right about Max. He does like the Mac. I'm still he, considering. Yeah. I'm considering. Uh-huh. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, in fact, uh, if you looked on the uh, the install code for the um, uh, the thingamajig, the whatchamacallit that we talked about. The thingamajig, whatchamacallit we talked you know about. talking about. The install code. Yeah, for the uh, SDXL. Oh, right. Uh, for, diffusion. Right, for the stable diffusion right. model. That it has now an option for using the, uh, the Mac uh, processor. Oh, the Mac Silicon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's quick. It's super quick. I don't uh, Maybe. It's a thing. It is the thing. I mean, I was just hoping that you were going to send me one of the M2 Pro uh, units for uh, Christmas. I thought that's usually what oh, you is do. Oh, is that what you were thinking? Your, wow. Your podcasting co-hosts usually get showered. Showered, I, mean, I tell I've you. I've only done that once, and I ain't doing it again. <laughs> Damn. Come on, Gene. Love you long yeah. time. Well, and uh, uh, Gitmo Slave was my co-host for about nine months, I think. Yeah, we've made it longer than that, Gene. We have. We have. And he got he got a Mac Mini. How dare he? For his birthday, yeah. Dale continues. I was listening to an interview with Garrett Ziegler, who is with an outfit called Marco Polo. It's a dot mm-hmm. org and on Twitter. It's repository of Biden documents. Apparently, Hunter was number three or something on Amtrak board under Bush Jr. Who knew? Well, that's not a surprise. These kids being on Mm-mm. boards. The The big news out this morning was there's a bunch of emails that have surfaced that show allegedly Joe Biden mm-hmm. from his personal email sending government information to Hunter to help him with said businesses. Wow. That if proven, that's big. Mm -hmm. That's really big. Uh, Dale says, Uh, do you think though? I think it's just a slap on the wrist. Big. Well, with this DOJ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With an honest DOJ. Mm -hmm. Be a little bit more. That'd be kind of like maybe Joe should be doing hard time, but Did I know he won't. Did you see that the uh, one of the evilest men in the world is playing out of Europe? No. Elon Musk? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Who? No, uh, Soros. Oh, really? Yeah, he's announced that the uh, they're pulling out of Europe. So I think they're getting ready for the fall of the collapse of Europe, complete collapse of Europe, which is imminent. And they're uh, making sure that they stay in a country that will have a softer landing. I can see that. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you think Bitcoin would be just skyrocketing up with all of this turmoil? No, it's not. It's going down. 26,000. I know. I'm like, I should have. I should have dumped everything when it was at 30. Overnight at 24. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is, is it time to get rid of it or time to hold on? I don't know. I'm keeping it forever. I don't really. Or I don't even ever. pay attention to that shit. Nice. Dale continues. No, I, I've always said when a Bitcoin hits a million, then I'll start talking. Oh, yeah. When Bitcoin hits a million, you're in good yeah. shape. Yeah. He said my a- 
fraction of a Bitcoin isn't going to be worth shit until it's a million. Yeah, I got I got like thirty five dollars now if it's worth a million. Woo. Uh huh. Exactly. There's also a YouTube channel. People's pundit Richard Barris. Very solid, independent pollster. Quite he's dry. Not, totally not. You're nope. smoking crack. Oh, boy. You're, you're no. telling Dale he's smoking crack. Well, you can tell him. Dale, over. Dale, 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 Dale. You gotta, you gotta Google this dude and get some other opinions. Um, I do like the guy that he does the show with. Interesting. But he does say but, the show might appeal more to you or to the dude named Ben named Ben. So he, he might be the one person listening to the good old boys podcast. Oh, he might be though. Yeah. There's, there's definitely at least one of those listening. Um, but since we're a private podcast with no funding goals, we, we keep our stats private for reasons of anonymity. <laughs> Not really. And just no for stats. Of, we don't bother logging in. That's the main reason. You're like, we don't know who's listening. We don't want to uh-huh. know. Uh-huh. It's the only podcast who tells you not to listen. Well, okay, we don't go that far, but we do <laughs> say don't don't send money because everybody needs their own money right now. He Except says, for Dale. Dale, feel free to keep sending money. Yeah, we um, love Dale. Yeah, good good dude. But yeah, so Barris, I don't dislike him, but the guy has been wrong more than he'll admit that he's been wrong, and he has a pretty big mouth when it comes to being. Um, you know, talking about himself. Um, now his co-host is, uh, that lawyer guy. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Robert, Robert, something good old Bob. It's the same guy that does the show with, uh, Viva Frey. I don't uh, know that. Robert Barnes, Robert Barnes is the co-host of that show. So I, I've definitely watched it. I like Robert Barnes. He is a little bit also of a self promoter. But he's also, uh, you know, he's also done cases in front of the Supreme Court. So he's got, I think, kind of a right to be doing some self-promotion. Plus, I like his background. And he was the guy that represented Wesley Snipes against the IRS. Well, it's Um, nice when you have people that have actual real world experience commenting on things. Yeah. Yeah. And. And I, I work with a lot of lawyers and one of the characteristics that I look for, and this represents a minority of lawyers, is a desire to litigate. Oh, I most thought you were going to say a good beard. <laughs> no, no. Most lawyers uh, do everything they can to avoid litigation because litigation you might is an lose. opportunity to show them losing. Uh-huh. Exactly. Nobody and wants so to they, lose. they don't want to go there. Uh, and so consequently they, um, you know, uh, they, they will try and talk their clients into things that may not be optimal for the client, but it'll be a way to avoid litigation. So I actually look for lawyers says, yeah, this thing's rock solid. Let's, let's, let's go to court. Uh, and when you have that attitude, um, I think you tend to do better. No, it's always, you know, it's always statistics. So it varies, but I, I like a lawyer who's not afraid of going to trial. Now, let me scratch off the idea of Sue Jean for emotional distress for all of these shows. <laughs> if you're not going to just settle, then I'm not going to, uh-huh. I'm not going to play no. around with that. Dale no says settlements. If you've not seen master and commander far side of the world worth the watch, not because crow is in it, but it was beautifully shot. Anyway, it is cheers. a great movie. I totally agree with that. It was a very beautifully done movie. I don't remember if 
I've seen that one or not. I'll have to look it up. And then he says, ha, I hear candidate cosmonaut comrade Serginov talk about lemon drink. Must have an upcoming weigh-in or perhaps a hot date? <laughs> Maybe. No, I, the lemon drinks, we've been talking about them. It's not just me. It's both of us for a long time, ever since I first introduced the concept to you. And you stuck to it longer than I did, frankly. Yeah, I need to get another bag of lemon. Mm-hmm. I've got one in the fridge and I've got all the other ingredients, the cayenne pepper, the honey. And here's the thing. There's a big difference between adding a lemon to your day right. and removing other food because you're drinking the lemon. I don't think either one of us is like, well, if I have the lemon, well, I can stop look, having you lunch. Take the lemon and you make a smoothie the way that you like out of it with some ice, not just water. Um, like good luck eating something immediately right after that. Like True. that's a meal right there. You know, you, and you, you can drop you in feel full. Yeah. You can drop in a little bit of honey. Like we said, you know, you can yeah. even drop in the, the little tablets that I throw in the water when going on the bike, the little electrolyte thing. You could actually toss mm-hmm. those in as well and have a nice, just sit there on the bike for an hour and just sip on that nice, cold, icy lemon drink. An hour. Yeah. I do an hour on the bike. Oh my God, dude, you got to weigh like 10 pounds by now. I wish. I wish. How do you do an hour on the bike? Do you go like five miles an hour? No, I mean, I, one, I don't go full out the whole time, but I don't go like I'm on a, you know, lazy Sunday drive either. So it, it, that's where the YouTube comes in. <laughs> lazy Sunday drive. Yeah. That's where the YouTube's coming. Quit in. talking about my recumbent bike. God damn it. You need another one, man. But that's what yeah, you, I probably do. The in, I like the indoor recumbent bikes again. Cause that way wow. you don't have to leave the house I mean, when it's like 95 degrees out. It's, you know, when it's mm-hmm. nice and we're Chicago, like, you know, from living in the, the great North of Minnesota, I want to get one of those electric indoor bikes. What does the electric indoor bike do? Does well, it just it's like an outdoor electric you? bike? It'll pedal for you. Yeah. It doesn't that ruin the idea of, well, no, cause you're still on the bike and you're still watching YouTube. <laughs> That's just true. I don't think you're getting any exercise. <laughs> Do you have one of those um, things? What do they used to call them? The vibromatics where you just put the oh, big belt those. around yeah, your those stomach. Yeah, awesome. Which is vibrates. a lot of weight that way, Nat. Vibrates the weight right off. Do you, well, we had the vibromatics, which were the uh, the big belts. And then we had that roller that looked like a bunch of rolling pins right. that you sit on. Right. <laughs> and like rotates your ass away. And no, <laughs> White Mike, I'm not eating tacos while riding the bike. Tacos, tacos, tacos. But I mean, really, that's probably not a bad idea. I am a bit addicted to tacos. chorizo, so. You like the chorizos, huh? Yeah, I, I am mm-hmm. a big fan of the chorizos. Uh, Dale also says, keep an eye on a Cuba. Sir Gene could be a direct Russian market connection. Virgin thigh rolled cigars and rum, too. Uh, what do you mean? Explain. He thinks you got a guy that you have a connection. Direct In Cuba. Yeah, I wish I did. I do not have a guy in Cuba. You'd like I'm the one. only one or a gal of my friends and family who has not gone to Cuba. Really? Everybody else I know, including my, my immediate family has gone to Cuba. The guy that did the framing of the Ted Williams prints we got for my dad and the mm-hmm. one autographed Taylor Swift print. We had the Peter Max thing. Oh yeah. He was talking about going to Cuba, which he did very recently. And it's like, well, you have to get over the fact that the country is dirt poor and there are literally people dying on the street as you enjoy your great meal at whatever the 
residential not hotel. That bad. Eh, they're not dying on the street. They are damn poor and they look poor. Yeah. Dying on the street may have been me just elevating the story. I think so. Yeah. Elevating the story. But uh, as soon as we started talking about Cuba, this, this pop-up from Uber Eats came up for Cuba 512. Oh, it's listening, man. Cuban food. You will enjoy eating. Yeah. El Cubano sandwich. Europa Vieja. Lechon Asado. And they got a lot of, they got bistec de pollo. Ooh. That's good stuff. Well, that's what he was talking about at the ho- whatever the big hotel is there. And I think it's maybe the Presidente. I don't remember mm-hmm. that. They, they, that would be the El Presidente. El Presidente but, that, you know, they're having lobster and they're having steaks yeah, and they're drinking the finest thermidor. booze. And he's like, the bill comes and it's like 35 bucks. You know, it's <laughs> like, holy. Oh, cow. my God. I remember those days. Dean's like, let's go back to Cuba. Fuck. No, I've never been to Cuba. Well, let's go right. Forget. Sorry. I've never been to Cuba. I mean, not officially. Never, not on ever. a not on a black op or anything. Never, ever, ever been to Cuba. Never even close. No, nothing. I don't even know where it is. It's just south of Miami. Okay, um, so I was halfway to Cuba. <laughs> and uh, then they turned you around. What? No, 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 no. So I was windsurfing out of Key West. Oh, I think we did hear this story at one we point. We did hear the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the time I got quote unquote rescued, um, I was uh, I was about halfway to Cuba. They thought you were defecting, which, which that would be so ironic. That would be literally the first person that's coming from the U.S. Right. To Cuba. You're the one guy going that way. Yeah. And there's like a thousand people there's going like all the these other little way. Boats full of three people <laughs> going the other way. And they see me going south. Crazy gringo. <laughs> Wrong way. They're like, they're like uh, that's another CIA dude. Obviously. Yeah. That's the only people coming south to Cuba. But. Yeah, no, I got, I got rescued, but I, I will tell you this, uh, even though you're surrounded by water in, in the hot sun with no, uh, water, with no salt to drink on you, um, and, and like no land that's visible because Key West has become a little dot in the horizon. Uh, it does make you wonder a little bit, but I've, I've done stupid shit like that when I was, you know, I told you about the time I swam. Uh, in a uh, between two islands where I was bleeding while I'm swimming and I forgot that there were sharks. <laughs> See, that's uh, not something you should forget. Well, no, I mean, you know, that's why you I see know. when the people do this through shark infested water, they're swimming in a huge cage and have five boats on right. either side. Right. And I was doing the same thing, except without the cage and, and with the blood coming out of my foot. You're like, I'm a badass. Uh, what what could go wrong? Who needs an extra foot? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to miss dinner. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> this is what it was all about, huh? Yeah, pretty much. I'm going to have some good, good plantains that were fried up. Ooh. Always got to get back for dinner. Uh, I was in Costa Rica. The uh, note is closed out from Dale from Down Under. It just says, stay unrelenting. Woo. And we will. And thank you. Yeah. Dale, we got to get you up here one of these days. Cause seriously, if you're over a thousand bucks, we will totally buy you a steak dinner, but it's gotta be at a restaurant of our choice. Yeah. It's like, it cannot be in Sydney. Hey, where or is Dale wherever. from? By the way, do you remember if he's uh Sydney, Melbourne? Or what, I do what not part remember beyond from the Gold Australia. Coast Although something I saw yeah. the other day, there's only like three little areas in Australia where people right. live. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Otherwise, I mean, you never know. He could be like one of these guys out in the outback 
Could be undercut. He could have one of these like underground bunkers. He could that be was, in Alice, although I highly doubt it. You do not know. Do you not know? Mm-hmm. But this next donation here. Now, this came from a joke that uh, I uh, made when Brian Janak, he sent in a donation not too long ago. That was the show number donation for Planet Rage, which is about mm-hmm. the same amount of shows as this. And mm. the show number donation for Grumpy Old Benz, which is a little more than mm. this to whatever. Mm-hmm. And I made the joke. I'm like, ha, well, I guess he likes every show I do, you know, with a co-host except Gene. No, of course. And uh, in the mailbox uh, the other day, a show number donation for unrelenting. Wow. 81. That's a trend that we need to keep going. I like the show number donation. People should be more Uh like Brian Janak and go, hey, have you been listening to this podcast? 81 episodes. Yeah. Have you not shown any value back? Is it time? It is so damn cheap right now. I mean, look at shows like No Agenda. Try making a show donation to that. Uh huh. Fifteen hundred, whatever. We're a freaking bargain, man. You get in now. You have that for the rest of your life. Like I made a show number donation. Like four hundred and sixty more shows to go before it gets unruly expensive. He says he is soon to be Sir Labrat, so he's close to getting his No Agenda props there. uh, Getting and, his and title. He's short by three show donations. Right. You'll get there. Just don't worry. And he says, haven't forgotten about you. Been going through some health problems. Also been a slow summer for Uber. Now mm-hmm. we appreciate that, Brian. But for anybody yeah. like, yeah, if you Brian, if you move to Austin, I guarantee you the Uber tips from me alone will let you make more show donations. <laughs> well, only if he brings you food. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously. Like, you, you got to bring me my sushi. Uh-huh. You're, I'm very specific about it. You got to yeah, have it I just gotta, right. You got to drive up to the guy and pick up the sushi in the little little package. It's just yeah. drugs or sushi we're talking about? Please, drugs. No, I'm talking about the expensive stuff. Oh, the good stuff. Okay. The sushi. Uh-huh. But for people, you know, it's like, we understand. We push the donations, but we understand the Biden economy. So yeah, never, man. never donate money that you I, can't I have a afford. question. Do you know right now what the U.S. prime rate is, which is a good indicator of where the government thinks the um, inflation is? I don't know, but I know American Express again this morning is like, hey, the rates on our savings accounts are going up again. So to like 2%. Or no, something. they're like five or something. So, they're, yeah. Yeah, it's so the U.S. Now. prime rate right now is 8.5. Wow. Now, it it hung out at like under three percent for a damn long time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think pretty much up until Biden got elected. But um, well, and then went to war with the fossil think fuel about this. industry. So Eight point five percent is what banks charge each other. So anybody that borrows money from banks is paying that plus whatever money the bank the bank makes right which is why these savings accounts are making like five percent because they're still making money yeah yeah yeah, of course but the the important thing here is if you're not getting a minimum of ten percent per year increase in wages you're literally making less today than you were last year right and it, it, it doesn't matter what they say the official inflation number is 
go to shadow stats and look up what inflation is using the original 1980s formula. Or just and look if, at your grocery bill. Well, okay, okay. Oh, perfect example. Good segue. So I always measure the, not just inflation, but just sort of buying power at the rate of how much per bag of groceries. So if I go to a grocery store, or and it doesn't matter whether if I have it delivered or if I go there myself, um, like what is the average price per bag? And it's pre-COVID, it was typically between 30 and 50, depending on the store I went to. And if I, if I happened to have bought a tenderloin, it'd be more like 50. If I didn't, it'd be more like 30. Well, don't forget the five pound tins of caviar. Yeah, I wish. Uh, no, my sushi guy also handles caviar. Oh, well, that's good. I but, mean, that, uh, you got, that's double bank for your buck. Yeah. If you're not getting caviar wholesale, you're wasting money. So anyway. <laughs> There's a cold open for, for the, for the <laughs> decades. <laughs> They're like, what uh-huh. kind of show is this? It's a show run by two people that barely survive on minimum wages. And then they talk about caviar wholesale. Yes. Wholesale. Well, yes. you can't afford the retail now, can you? No. And if you're not exactly. buying it in bulk, at least 20 pounds at a time, you're, you're just not <laughs> doing it right. Pounds. Dude, you're smoking some kind of weird shit with that because that shit's way more expensive than that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's a joke. Mm-hmm. This is basically an improv class. Don't you know? It that? Is to- like you guys all realize nothing we talk about is real, right? It's all fake. All my but, stories are fake. All Darren's illnesses are fake. It, all his exercise bullshit is fake. It all it's intertwines. All and the you're the one that sent me the clip of Gilbert Gottfried on the uh, the, mm-hmm. the Hollywood squares, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was one of the funniest things I have seen. Isn't that amazing? In forever. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> but it shows you how easily people are led down the path. Uh-huh. And so explain, it, explain to people what the clip is. Well, when the, uh, that this, I don't think the show's still on, I would hope. No, it's not. The Hollywood Squares, they would get nine celebrities. Well, it's like B-list B-listers. celebrities. B-listers, yeah. In this case, Whoopi was there, Penn and Teller. B-lister. B-lister. Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. And he was the last B-lister. square. So whoever gets Gilbert wins. Yeah. And they went through at least, what, seven or eight different uh-huh. questions mm-hmm. where they guessed. Really, the only thing so, is. So, so the players, there's two players, right? Yeah. And they take turns, just like in Tic-Tac-Toe. And uh, the way the tic-tac-toe works is you ask a celebrity or rather the the celebrity is asked a question and then they answer the question and you have to either agree or disagree with them. If the answer was correct from them and you agreed with them, then you get your point. If the answer was incorrect by them and you agreed, then you don't. But if the answer was incorrect and you disagree with them, then you still get your point. Right. So it's a 50-50 shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. And it went on like eight different times. Now, Gilbert was the one that started with, there was one, and he would, was so, I think it was something about a bikini, and it was, the question mm-hmm. was so far off. That yeah, you, it was, it was, the answer was bikini, but this is a, uh, a bathing suit that was uh, designed to be so outrageous that it was called the bomb. And he's like, tube top. And the woman agrees and immediately he's like, you fool. Yeah. Yeah. Gilbert immediately yells at her. You fool. (laughs) 
so he like he knows his answer is the wrong answer it's beautiful and then when he had him that was right and they disagreed <sighs> with them you f- yeah. and that it got so bad i mean my favorite was towards the end when uh yeah. when Penn from Penn and Teller mm-hmm. yelled at the super with him. You fool. Yeah. <laughs> like how it's like how it just the show was never going to end. No. And, and they basically said, yeah, if we, if nobody wins, we're, we're just going to go take this down to the bar. Yeah. Go out for drinks. That's what you <laughs> should do. Uh-huh. But it's, yes, it's alcohol jokes on primetime TV. Very funny. Uh-huh. Well, you can't Tells do you half this, this stuff is. anymore. No, you can't do most of it. Yeah. You can't Gilbert was really the king of the inappropriate, but yet incredibly funny humor. Yes. And he was a really shy guy, I guess, otherwise, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, I saw his um, uh, when he was on the Cribs, you know, they're showing off his apartment houses, in New York yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What was that show called? Crib? I think just Cribs. Crib Life Cribs. I think yeah. just if it was MTV, it was just yeah, Cribs. Yeah, I think. MTV Cribs. And and then you look at it, and it's like, huh, really? And it's just like this very small, you know, not at all impressive little apartment in New York. And uh, and he's got his small miniature wife there, and and his it's just small miniature like cats. Wife. Yeah, well, she's you know, I think Gilbert's like five five, and she was about five foot ish, you know. I suppose uh, you, you need, need a much, much smaller apartment that way. But it's it, like a guy that's been around forever, been in a bunch of shows, has done the Aflac commercials. Oh, um, yeah. He was the Aflac commercial. He was he the Aflac the duck. duck. Yeah. And uh, he's done a number of voice parts aside from his comedy, but he was really the king of roasts. Like he was on all the big roasts back in the day. And um, you don't see like, any of those he, anymore. Do you he notice that? Lives, I know, right? He lived in this Cribs episode, kind of like I think what all these guys, including Joe Rogan and you know the the other comedians, did when they were in New York in the first couple of years of their life, or in comedy. Like he, he seemingly like I wouldn't say he made it big, but he definitely was a, a nationally known comedian, but he was, it, it looked like he was living. Like he's just trying to make it by on, you know, the open night mics. Well, there's a lot of people that once they hit the big time, he didn't have a driver's change. license. He never got a driver's license. I mean, why would you, you got people that can drive a weird for you. thing. Yeah. People do stuff for you, but, do you not want to have a driver's license just in case your limo driver has a heart attack or something? I mean, I guess it's, you really need a license at that point. Yeah. Well, you need to learn how to drive the damn car. Well, you, I mean, really, I think most people, even if you don't have a license, understand how to drive. Uh, a car. I would beg to differ. A lot of people with licenses don't really understand. According to celebrity net worth, Gilbert passed away with a net worth mm-hmm. of $8 million. Not at all surprising. He probably spent like 80 grand a year. He was frugal. And like living in New York, (laughs) he spent probably that much. Because hell, if you're Gilbert and you walk into a place, you're probably getting some free drinks. I I don't believe he drank. 
Well, interesting too. Then that you save a lot of money if you don't drink. <laughs> if you don't drink, right? You're yeah, finding I mean, that it, out. It's been it's, what a year now or so since you've had anything. Oh, it's been way longer than that. We're pushing two years now. And this is somebody that loves those good, good whiskeys. Not only that, it's somebody that still has probably, like, without exaggerating, probably about five grand worth of uh, really old bottles of impossible to get stuff sitting in this house. Oh, well, no, no, I'm not saying anything. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm saying as well. Gene's like, come on down. Not happening. Come on down and have a drink. I probably should at some point figure out what to do with that stuff because. Can't exactly sell it on eBay. Well, you can, well, not on eBay, but you can absolutely sell it. I mean, there's there's auctions happening all the time for um, rare collectible alcoholic beverages. True. It's like the new baseball card. I would say it's been the old baseball card since it was around before baseball, but sure. Uh, auction for booze. Like wine cellar auctions have absolutely been around longer than baseball. Now, how do you keep them at the proper temperature in a home? I, that you- I have three wine refrigerators. <laughs> <laughs> three. Yeah. You couldn't have just bought one big one or are they different uh, temperatures for different types of wine? They're different temperatures. Nice. Three. And I haven't opened any of the three in in over, well, probably actually over two years. Well, do you have sensors in there so that you make sure they're still running? No, they, they're also on, on backup on power. Gene has gene of three. I have wine refrigerators. My wine fridge. You should really add that to your no agenda social profile. Gene of three (laughs) wine fridges. Sounds like it'd be a name. I mean, look, I I don't drink though. That's the thing. Is it's even when I did drink, I really didn't drink much. So it's not hard. Like you look at people like uh Adam and Tina who are drinking like fish. Yeah. You know, like all the time, nonstop, just go, 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 go. And uh not that it's a bad thing, it's a it's a life choice. But, um, you know, they're going through an awful lot of bottles of wine and, and some other things possibly, uh, when you don't drink much, like you, you buy a really nice bottle of, um, I mean, I was always into port, so I, I still have a lot of vintage port and you get that. And then you're like, okay, this is great. This will be ready to drink in seven or eight years. And what what are you going to do? Of course, you got to put it into your your wine fridge. Right. And then, you know, you got to wait until the time is perfect to drink it, which is usually at about 30 to 37 years. That's a long wait. But you don't buy it the year it's released. I know. I mean, a lot of it isn't even released that year. I mean, I only have one wine fridge. Do you? Yeah. What do you keep in there? Your socks? <laughs> well, close. The uh, wine from an ex-White Sox player is pretty much what's in there. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> yeah. George Thomas Seaver. You know, uh-huh. God rest his soul. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad because they're very limited release. Cab Sav yeah. from uh, California. And he's known for his Cabernets. Well, he, he was. He passed away. But um, mm-hmm. the... 
wine, if you look them up online, it's GTS vineyards mm. that uh, the bottles from previous years are selling for three, four, six hundred dollars. Mm. So we're on the list. We're on the yeah, waiting nice. list. That's the to only sell. way they sell them is direct. Yeah. And Wait, you were on the list to sell or buy to buy. Oh, so we buy. And it's usually we just started buying them With for you. It's usually the other. I know. But this is mainly because my mom likes wine and this was an easy gift. And Tom Seaver oh, was okay. her favorite player. All so right. it worked out. But now we started buying more. So now we have an overstock of the wine. Mm. You're buying $600 bottles of wine. Yes, this is the podcast that you're donating to. <laughs> the uh, I buy them, though, at uh, one. Tw- I think they're 125 when they uh-huh. when they come uh-huh. out, which okay. isn't cheap for wine. No. Uh, that's damn sure. But they're not. I mean, I like if I can yeah. find somebody that wants to pay me five or six hundred for the old, you know, the vintages that we still got. I'd be more mm. than happy to uh, to move those. White Mike says if Taylor Swift starts making wine, Darren O is going to go broke. Oh, he is going to go <laughs> bankrupt. I guarantee you that. Maybe I'd have to go work on her vineyard. That sounded dirtier than I meant it to. Or maybe you not. did not. You know, it, you meant every bit of that. I did. Oh, and we do have a boostergram from yeah. the one and only CSB, who I guess likes you again. No. What do you say? Uh, he has 10,000 and 15 Satoshis with the message and Privyet, which I'm assuming is a Russian word, like private. It means hello. Yes. Ah, so Privyet, comrades. Please tell your oligarchs to visit www.csb.lol to browse my cartoons without spoons. Yo, CSB. Okay, explain the spoons bit. I've never heard of this. I don't know why. Why do you not Cartoons do you not, without spoons? Does he not draw spoons? Is it just because it I rhymes? I, maybe. I, maybe it was an AI that suggested he say it that way. Ooh, browse the cartoons right? without spoons. He could yeah, be an AI. Yeah. yeah. No, that's... Uh, it, and he does have funny cartoons. I mean, I, I've... Like, he's got plenty of ones that I don't think are funny, too. But if you go on there, he has a... Uh, Quite a few that are actually very witty. And I will say it is not easy to be witty in a language that is not your native language. Yeah, the subtleties are hard to pick up on. Mm-hmm. I would agree. So maybe he needs some people to write yeah. the. Uh, well, I, I, and here the I thought he was going to send another Kuro much. He didn't do that this time. He didn't. No. I think because I was getting closer to saying it correctly. Kurva. No. Mm-hmm. Kurva mush. Mach, 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 mach. Mm-hmm. I think it's like mach, like match, but with it's an a arm. it's a ch sound. Kurva, mach. Mm-hmm. See, then it's about the most Polish I know. All I remember growing up was like shedney, I think, which is like sit down or something like that. Shedney, uh, shedney, yeah, something like that. Mm. Okay, that um, that sounds vaguely like it might be. And uh, a white mic came in with 3333 says, Darren O makes me dance my sats all over the floor. That was before when we were playing some, uh, mm-hmm. played some Debbie Gibson before the show. Yeah, that was awesome. And taking you right back to the 80s. It was the best decade ever. You the know, looking back, of American civilization, looking back, the music was good and. The artists that let's forget Millie Vanilli for a minute. And those Mm -hmm. were still real people singing. It just wasn't the people you thought were singing, (laughs) but they still had people that were playing instruments. Yeah. That's the other very 
worrying thing now because I was the just reading. Musicians don't play instruments. Well, the there's AIs now, and Google oh, right. has one. There's others where it's like you can go and give it a little, uh, mm. you know, but little med- melody that you can you know program in. You know, you could just give it a little bit and be like, "We'll expand this into a full song," and mm. it will. I mean, there's going to be. You don't have to really. Play. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds cool. Actually, I have not played around with that one. one I haven't bit. either. But just think about for like podcast themes and all this stuff for people. Hell don't, yeah. I mean, I like the fact that we know people that have the musical talent, like John yeah, Fletcher. But you know, it's hard to get a hold of them. Nah, you just have to ask. You have to ask nicely. Yeah. Okay. But if you could just go in, you need something quick. You just go tell the AI, "Hey, I want something that sounds, you know, like a hair band song from the '80s." Mm. okay you know then it just makes it up Mm -hmm. but the even the bands that i was like back in the 80s including duran duran was one of them where i was like well it's just kind of a just kind of a girl thing that you know Mm -hmm. the it's not really good yeah i don't know now listening to the music it's like wow this was a lot more innovative than uh, so much better yeah uh yeah yeah like a seagulls oh i ran i ran so far away Mm -hmm. that was a good track there, there are a multitude of good tracks. You know, what I do when I want to just kind of chill is I get in my virtual truck and I turn on the 80s station in, in, and I just start hauling cargo. You start hauling ass. Well, I ass and cargo. Yes. Now, uh, Sir Bemrose. This is so relaxing. Hosted the great, fabulous Ryan Bemrose. Hmm. In the troll room, trollroom.io, when we do these shows live on Fridays at 10 a.m. Central, you should be there. Gene is wrong. Elon agrees with me. Discuss. And it's a screenshot from X where uh, Tesla owner Silicon Valley says, is there ever a reason to block versus mute someone? Give Mm -hmm. me your reasons. Elon answered block is going to be deleted as a feature except for direct messages that's interesting elon's getting yeah, rid well, of the block feature for it when that happens whoa yeah that's big words it is they might just run out of money you're like but i don't see i don't understand why that you why would what? take that feature away not oh, that he's talked about it in the past i, I definitely disagree with him on this count it, it's the whole point of blocking is essentially saying look it is a privilege to be able to consume things that i produce well and as they move because this is something that has changed i believe yeah since elon got there you now have to be logged in to twitter Mm -hmm. to read posts where that used to be the big thing like it doesn't Mm -hmm. really matter if you block somebody because all they have to do is log out and they'll see all your stuff anyway right but, but now that you have to be logged in point, I mean, this was the exact same thing I was explaining that I did with CSB when I blocked them for a year. And it's like, well, I can still go in and I'm saying, yeah, but that means you have to do effort, right? You have to work to see my post. You have to work and nobody else has to work. Everybody else can just see it because you were a dick. So <laughs> it was a, it was a, <laughs> and, I, and I think that that's a legitimate thing. And I've been a big proponent of, of the, uh, the the band tag on podcasting so you should be able to exclude people or even countries for that matter from being able to consume your podcast by always understanding that there's going to be loopholes 
It's not about the loopholes. It's about the work. It's it's about the work. Yeah, exactly. It's about show. I mean, it's really just a big uh, way to say fuck you without saying fuck you, isn't it? Oh, it's absolutely fuck you. Like I blocked you. There's no other way about it. But I think as the content, and this is another, this is we're disagreeing all over the place. Another disagreement with Ben Rose, who doesn't believe in copyright. Yes, I do believe in copyright because I think intellectual property, like real property, is still property. So if I create something original, and it could be something as stupid as this podcast, it is still an original creation. And by creating it, I get to control it. And that means if I don't want you listening to it, then I should be able to prevent you from listening to it. That, I mean, that's always been hard to do. I mean, you can't be. Again, it's not yes, doing it foolproof. I mean, there's a very easy way to do it. And that is just to not put out episodes. Right. Then nobody gets it. And then nobody can hear it. But that now, so the trade-off is, do you deny everybody the opportunity to hear something magical by wanting to block a single person from having any possible way of circumventing it? And it's, to me, it's, it's sufficient enough to make it more difficult for them. Yes. Which but I get. Again, it's just, it's a right that you have for anything that you create. And be I agree widget, that there a should computer be computer source code or a podcast. Well, I agree that there should be protection on that. The five year thing is way too short. That was the argument we had over on grumpy old yeah. beds way back when was okay. Yeah. When you talk about this kind of stuff, if somebody writes a book and you hear this happens more than most people would think mm-hmm. somebody writes a book that languishes at nothing and then like yeah. 20 years later, somebody decides to make a major motion picture about it. And then right. it's, it's like, you can't be like, well, you only get it for two years and then it's public domain. I think that there is definitely abuse of the current system. Right. And Disney has been at the forefront of the abuse and pushing to extend the copyrights longer and longer. I do. I do think that. Uh, Ryan and I probably uh, would be closer together than further apart when it came to durations. I think yes. for a lot of things, it shouldn't be seven forever. years is long enough. Yes. For a lot of, a lot of things, there might be some types of things that you could argue are, would be uh, much better served with the a longer term. But for the majority of copyrights, like if even a book, right? If that book, came out and the copyright for that seven years should start upon first public publication, not the creation. That's the other difference, right? Is that it's not when you create the thing, it's the first time people have an opportunity to see it right from that point on start a clock, seven years goes by then. Yeah. I think it ought to be public domain thereafter. Well, I mean the interesting there comes in the cases and there's been a lot of these, most of them, were slammed down where people get sued for songs that are like well no this is copying off of my song you know even though my song was never released somehow taylor swift heard it and that she mm-hmm. made this song I mean, i can you know and that's when they go back to the oh well see yeah, leave I it the, to durant tie everything back to taylor swift everything does go back to taylor swift she is the whole u.s economy at this point i think i've heard that that the money that comes in for every city she goes into, they're saying now this tour, just the United States portion of this 
might end up bringing in two billion dollars which is but you realize that means taking two billion dollars into entertainment right from a country that is on the verge of collapse oh yeah and and there there are people that are tangible production there are people that are more than willing i am not one of them i did not go to any of the shows i refuse to go out to shows where people are just holding up their phones and screaming not my Mm -hmm. not my bit if Mm -hmm. if history is has taught me anything every time taylor swift does a tour once the tour is over it's available on blu-ray so i mean Mm-hmm. If you really want to hear the music and you want to see the sets and everything going to be there. I don't like going out into concerts now, but there are people that are paying thousands of dollars for tickets and it's like, yeah. oh, no big deal. It's like, that's a fucking crazy thing to do. I don't understand it. I mean, but there are literally people, you know, I also don't understand that some of the vinyl records of hers are at 2000 bucks. Insane. The amount of money that people pay for space i mean for spaceships right is absolutely crazy Uh uh-huh it is but you have to i guess figure out where where your expendable income is and i think that's one thing this newer generation disposable income yes (laughs) you know that was the same thing right Uh uh-huh that people are willing to spend themselves into oblivion they're like i really want to go see taylor swift i'll pay ten thousand dollars you know and then a day and it's after. not like you're getting to banger right. for then 10 grand. You're I mean, for that, I, mean, I might to... go 10 grand. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, Dude, okay. I don't even like her. I'd probably go for 10 grand. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's because you don't like her. That's why you're like, oh, I can see yeah. this. She It'll is finally coming into her own. The more you see the photos and the videos from this tour, you know, you always complain. She didn't She's have been an working ass. Out. I will say this. She's definitely working out. Her ass has gotten bigger. And I think she has to, to do the three hour shows night after night. Yeah. That, that is yeah. not easy work. I know a lot of people are like, no, it's, you're just out there singing. It's like, no, the stage on this thing is when you go to a football stadium and the stage is almost the whole length of the field and you're covering mm-hmm. it. Like, that's a lot of work. That's why a lot of these artists, you know, like the Rolling Stones, I used to do that. Now they're like, Mick doesn't want to move beyond this no. like 10 foot period. <laughs> he can't, no, he's going to well, fall over geriatric at this point. So, yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's, it's what you thing. get, but they're still doing their thing and they're still making their money. So that's good. But Taylor Swift is saving the economy. I just don't get, I mean, I can only imagine saving me, especially where I think we talked about the phenomena where people were having Taylor Swift amnesia that they go to the concerts and then they were so hyped up that mm-hmm. they don't remember the concert like the next day and that's they, oh my god and I'm like can you imagine you're like i paid ten thousand dollars to go see a show how depressing would that be well okay i will say there are certain things that you might pay that kind of money for that you kind of expect not to remember like really good drugs uh i mean it usually starts with a, this one time in Vegas. Right. Right. And then I have no idea. All I know is I'm $10,000 poorer. And you don't remember how? Uh, hell no. 30 no, days no. later, when you go for your checkup, you find out you got gonorrhea and you're like, holy shit. Um, is that what happened? Not. That's what I heard. Uh, is that what you heard? Okay. It's just okay. a thing. This is not even a real podcast. That's true. It is a fake podcast, fake podcast, fake podcast. This is your way to get some improv folks. And uh, really, we didn't, we didn't really wrap up the, uh, 
the donation segment. So if you'd like to donate to the show, Gene says don't, but you can. I've heard mm-hmm. now that his other co host me wrong, refused don't to pay him. So I may start just refusing to pay him. So that's, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then that'll be some good content as well. But you can go over oh. to unrelenting.show. And uh, thanks to uh, Dale from Down Under. Thanks to Brian Janak. Yeah, and guys, of course, thanks to everybody. A white mic and CSB. You should Hell listen yeah. to that other show Gene does too. Now that he stopped doing Sir Gene Speaks, that good old boy show. Yeah, the good old boys. You can tune into them, and that's always scintillating conversation, but not quite as scintillating. It's a little more political focused, too. Where unrelenting is things you need for your daily life. There are no other shows like this show. White Mike says, Gene scintillates. Okay.